Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Book of Luke chapter number 17, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And so the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him, when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper, and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did those things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things, which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Amen. Increasing our faith. Increasing our faith. Lord, during this time, we just need you. We also need faith. We got to have it. That's how you move. That's how you operate. That's how you respond to us. And Lord, during this time of calamity, turmoil, uncertainty, may we not lose the faith. May we keep it strong and depend upon you for everything. In Jesus' name, we pray. Could you say amen? Amen. The Bible defines faith as the substance of things that you hope for and evidence of things that you cannot even see. It's a spiritual thing. And if you've been at church for a while, it's, it's even still hard to define it. But when you see it happening, you know it's there. When you see it in operation, that's clear. Examples of it. And one of the chief examples Jesus taught the church about faith is you got to have faith like a little child. Child Childlike faith is how these things happen. And uh, I didn't understand really what that meant until I got an example of that the other day. As uh, spring is happening, flowers are blooming, grass is growing, everything. I went outside of my lawn and I saw bare spots. And so I got some seed, and it was going to seed, you know, the bare spots and bring the lawn up, you know, for the spring and summer and fall. And uh, my kids, my four-year-old and my two-year-old, wanted so bad to come out and help Daddy. And I said, okay, come on out and help. And I said, these spots over here, the bay part of the lawn that everybody could see, those are my spots that I'm going to do. I don't, don't bring your little rakes, don't walk in them. I'm going to do those. But over here, in a spot that nobody really could see... A spot that is near concrete that gets really hot, difficult to grow grass there anyway. There's not much you could do to destroy it. That is your spot. And they said, okay, Daddy. So we got their their own little rake. So they started raking up the the soil and taking it really seriously, you know. And I gave them some seed. And little Melita and Cohen started throwing seed all over the place. And I thought that was just so cute. And I went over and tilled up the ground and put down fertilizer and, you know, did all of the right things and covered it down with even more soil and it got it all prepped and ready to go. This was about three weeks ago. But when we were done, little Melina said, Daddy, we got to pray that God helps our seeds to grow. And I thought, you know what? We should. We should do that. Well, that would be a good idea. Melina said, my grass is going to be the best. My grass is going to be the best. And so we prayed, dear Jesus, Help this grass seed to grow in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been three weeks of regular watering, doing everything we can. I'll tell you this. My spots are still bare, but the children's spots, it is completely filled in. 
True story. Now you may think that's a coincidence. I've had trouble getting grass to grow there for years. But my little kids had faith that we're just going to plant this seed and God is going to do it and it's going to be okay. I don't believe that was coincidence, but it was just a little glimpse for God to give the kids and for me that if you will trust God, even the simplest things like that can come to pass. Amen. If you will pray, if you will believe, and you will trust God, can somebody say amen? Childlike faith. Kids believe it. They know it can happen. You know, when I was a little boy back in the 90s playing basketball, in my mind, I'm Michael Jordan. I can dunk the ball. No, I couldn't. When I'm out there on the baseball field as a kid in the 90s, I am George Brett. No, I wasn't, but my childlike faith said, I can do that. And let me tell you what, during this pandemic, at the beginning of it, I was so worried about the children. I was worried the kids are going to have to be afraid to breathe air in the church. They're going to have to be afraid to touch the doorknobs. They're going to be afraid, you know, of getting this pandemic. Can I tell you what? It hasn't been the kids that have caused the problems. I've been so afraid. It's been us as the adults. But these kids, I watch them. They come into church happy. They come into church glad. They're not worried about anything. They're just excited to be at church and be with their, their friends. I tell you what, that's childlike faith. And some of us could do, use a little bit of that. Come on, somebody. Hey, man, you just got to believe that God has his hand on things and everything is going to be okay. Anytime the Lord talks about faith, he always refers to it as small things. He didn't say have faith like a great king or have faith like an army commander or have faith, you know, like a big giant. He said, you want to have great faith? Look at the kids. The kids have the best kind of faith. And if you will have that, you will see great things happen. Jesus also said when his apostles came to him and they said, Lord, increase our faith. You know, they kind of thought it was like a knob, you know. That God could just go whoop and all of a sudden their faith would go up. It's fascinating to me. Jesus didn't lay hands on them and say, now, Lord, give these men greater faith. No prayer. Didn't do anything like that. Didn't seem like anything supernatural happened. But Jesus taught them examples. And we learned something here. That faith cannot be supernaturally increased by God. But rather, faith is increased by your perception. And how you think and how you feel. And Jesus likened the increase of great faith to be like servants out tending the sheep for their master. Or out working in the field for the landowner. And in coming back from a hard day's work, those servants are probably ready to relax. Probably ready to not do anything. But the master says, I am hungry and I am thirsty. And you will not sit down and relax. You will not even have your own supper until you make my supper first. And those servants get the supper ready, prepare for their master. They're hot. They're tired. They've been outside for 12 hours and they have to sit there and watch their master, who probably hadn't worked all day, sits there and eat. And the master doesn't even say after he's done, thank you. He just says, that'll be all. Have a nice day. Jesus said, your faith grows and is increased when you do those type of things for God. Because there are times in your life in serving the Lord and working for God, it feels like you have done all, and at the very last minute when you come, God's like, you're not done yet. Keep on working. Serve me. 
you're my servant. I'm your king. I'm your master. Do it for me. And oftentimes, actually every time, you don't even get a thank you from God. Can I tell you this? I've been serving the Lord almost 40 years, and I've been involved with a lot of ministry, even from my childhood. I was the church drummer for a long time, and I would play the drums practice, work hard, play for our revivals, our church services, all of that. Never one time did I ever feel the Holy Ghost tell me, thank you, Brother Justin, for playing the drums. Not one time. I've stayed late working these altars ever since I was a teenager, praying for people, interceding for people, doing all those things. Never one time has God ever said, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful for you doing that. I've preached, I've, tra- I've done so many things for God, and I have never gotten a thank you from God. But does that mean that I'm not motivated to do more? Oh. God doesn't really express gratitude, but rather what he does is applaud the good work that you do. Even when we get to heaven, he's not going to tell anybody, thank you. But instead, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Your service to God is one of the major components, and there's three of them in this passage, one of the major components to keeping your faith alive. You think about this right now. The people in this church that have the greatest stories of miracles, that have the greatest stories of testimonies, that have seen God do supernatural things, you look at their life, what you will find, something very common, they serve the Lord. They serve the church. They're out there in the parking lot sweeping it up a little bit. They're taking trash out of the trash cans. They're at the doors greeting people as they come in. They're making sure we got hand sanitizer stocked. It's people that come arrive early from in our promotion or productions team to make sure there's batteries in the microphone. It's people who spray and, and disinfect all these things going on. There's people that get up here early, amen, and prepare worship for us. Those are the type of people that have the greatest miracles. Why? Because they serve the Lord. It's not about taking from God and me, 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 all about me, 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 my, 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 here to just, no, they come with who can I minister to today? How can I make God happy today? I know I've had a long week. I know I've been doing a lot, but my God is hungry and my God is thirsty and I'm not going to rest until my Lord has everything taken care of that he wants It just may be a little bit of service that you need to do. Amen. It could just be open the door for somebody. That's the key to your miracle. It could just be picking up some trash. Amen. From the floor here at church. That's where the miracles come. That's where the faith is increased. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Mm. And Jesus said, if you want your faith increased or faith, whatever, You know, there would have been a lot of things out there that he could have used as an example. He could have said, oh, you see that humongous cedar tree over there? You see that big oak if you get really big and really strong and really massive and, you know, be the biggest thing in the land, you're going to have great faith. No, he didn't. Just like saying, watch the children. That's how you have faith. He said also among the plants, he said, you see this mustard plants right here? You see these seeds here? If you will have faith like these little seeds right here, you will have great faith. Let me hear you say mustard seed. I've never seen a wild mustard plant. Maybe you have. Maybe you've got some growing on your property. I don't know. I've never seen it. 
until I went to the land of Israel and our guide pointed to us and said, this is the mustard seed that Jesus would have referred to. And I looked and it was like bushes and it had taken over an entire field. He said, it's like your dandelions in America. It's like your oxalis and your crabgrass. Once it gets in the lawn, it gets pesky and very, very difficult to control. He said, in the first century, the rabbis forbidden anybody from taking mustard seed and planting the mustard seed because nobody needed to. It was wild. It grew on its own. You didn't have to have any human being, anything natural from mankind to spread the mustard seed. And that is what Jesus is teaching to his followers. Your faith, you need to take man out of it. You take yourself out of it. It is all dependent upon the wild side, the wild spirit of God. Because you can't heal anybody. You can't cure any ailment. You can't cast out any devils. You can't make anything happen supernatural. Why? Because we are bound to this earth. We are the natural man. But when you and I are filled with the spirit, you and I have God on our side. It's taking the supernatural, trusting the supernatural, and watch the supernatural intermingle with the natural. Could it be the answer to your miracle is just taking your hands off and saying, well, all right, God, you do it. I've tried to do it long enough. Hey, if you let God have his way, he will have his way. He'll make a way and the supernatural will happen. Praise God. Jesus said to his disciples, you want more faith? Look closely at this mustard plant. When you look at mustard seed plants, it's not just a few seeds like an apple has or, you know, a cucumber, a tomato has. Oh, no. A mustard plant has thousands of seeds in it. Produces thousands of seeds. And what Jesus is saying, if you really want to have faith, you can't just be locked into one idea and one deal. But rather, your faith has to extend to everything in your life. To only have faith, maybe for your food, but not for your job. You know, I only pray for my food, but I don't need to pray for my job ever. That's not seed where it needs to be. You know, I only have faith, amen, for the headaches, but I can never have faith for the cancer. Oh, no. We'll just let cancer do what it wants to do, and we'll just take care of the headaches here. Oh, no. The Lord is saying, you have got to become like a mustard seed plant and have seeds everywhere for everything. You apply faith to everything. You can't even pump gas in your car without faith. You can't even tie your shoes without faith. You can't even brew coffee without faith. You can't even vacuum your floors without faith. God wants to be the source of everything that we have in our life. Mustard plants grow quicker than anything else in the springtime. Over there, it'll still be cold, even like frost, a little snow on the ground, and the mustard plants will start arising early. They bloom before everything. They bloom before every tree, every other plant. The mustard seed is the first one to spring up. It has its way of getting a jump start upon anything else. And God said, you want to have faith? It has got to be like that. When you are faced with an obstacle, when you are faced with a situation, there's other things that wants to spring up first, like fear, like doubt, like uh, uncertainty. 
But God says, you want to see the spirit move? You're not going to have any spiritual movement if you doubt first. Can't happen. Or if you say it's not tied yet. Or it's not going to work out. God says, faith comes first. When you're met with the situation and your faith comes first, that's when the miracles start. You know, during finishing strong, does it look like we could do it? Did it seem like we could accomplish it? But faith says we can't. Doubt says it's not time yet. Doubt says it can't happen. That's nothing but doubt and pleasing to the enemy. But for those of us that said, God's going to help us do it. God's going to provide a way. Even though the uncertainty of economics and the political structure, whatever, we don't need all of that. Amen. God is our source. God can make a way. And for those of us that put our agreement together and put our faith together, amen, finishing strong is going to happen, praise God. Faith first. Faith first. The mustard seed is notorious for being able to remain dormant in the ground for years. In that part of the world, oftentimes they have droughts. No raid. You need raid for seed to germinate. But sometimes those little mustard seeds will stay dormant in the ground for years. It's just a little bit of raid at the right season. All of a sudden, boom, big old wild plants come. What God is saying is you've got to be able to keep the faith even though times aren't good. You've got to learn how to remain steady and keep it alive and ready at that right moment when it comes to all of a sudden just boom. Trust God for anything. And right now during COVID-19, at a time of masks, in Jesus' name, not for too much longer, praise God. I've asked God by Thanksgiving, no more masks here in Kansas City proper. Continue to pray with me about that. In a time of social distancing, in a time of lockdown, a time of quarantine, a time of... It seems like right now for a lot of us, God can't move during this time, you know. People can't receive the Holy Ghost, you know, with social distancing. We've got a 50 of us around there pushing it, but massaging it, praying that person through, you know. You know, we can't have miracles unless, you know, we're... You know, when I was a kid, the one of the most fascinating things at Pentecost was for me when, when pastor or another evangelist would put their hand on somebody and just kind of shake their head like that, get that head shaking. I loved that. You know what that is? Now, some, of, some people get a little carried away. You know, the Bible says the laying on of hands, not the shaking of hands. But I tell you what, sometimes when I'm praying for somebody, and I miss doing this, if I feel like they're having a hard time breaking through, just a little bit of, like that, just a little bit of movement helps you break free. That's why when you praise the Lord, God says, when you worship me, don't stand still. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, fold your arms and exalt the Lord. Sit out and get comfortable and worship the Lord and watch what will happen. Oh, no, but the Bible says you've got to get out and move. You've got to open your mouth and wave those hands and tap those feet. Amen. And get out there and move. Mm. Praise God. That's faith. That's faith. Mustard seed, once it gets going, it can't be stopped. It'll choke out the roses. It'll choke out the cabbages. It'll choke out the fig trees, the barley, the wheat, everything they have out there. And Jesus says, you want to have faith? You need to let your faith spread everywhere and choke out the devil. 
and choke out the negative attitudes and choke out the complaining and choke out the carnality and it be 100% faith. Praise God. Brother C.P. Thomas told a story to us years ago. Pray for Brother Thomas, by the way, in India. I've been watching the news. There's going to be some changes, babe, between travel between America and India probably this week. Let's pray for India, church. Pray for India. He told a story that one morning early he got a knock on his door and he opened the door. He said, I had coffee in my hand. I was trying to wake up. It's the morning time. He said, I opened the door and he said, there was a large group of Hindus, a Hindu family. And the father stood there on his doorstep holding his daughter who had passed away. He had never met them before. Brother Thomas said, this man said, we have cried out to our Hindu gods for four days and our daughter has not risen from the dead. We have sacrificed, we have done everything we have known to do. We have not slept in four days and we heard that you have a God that raises the dead. Will you please pray for our daughter? What do you do at a moment like that at 6 a.m.? You know, did, was it church? Music's not going. Church is not together. It's just him, his home, strangers, Hindus, pagans. Say, can we come in and pray? You pray for our daughter. He invited them in the house. He said, lay her on the floor. And he looked and watched these Hindus as they stared at him with their icy cold eyes. He said, I had no faith. I had none. It's, 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 a, dead, it's, a, it's a dead child. I, how do I have faith with that? He said he got rid of all of that. And instead of praying for he, what he did there in that moment in the presence of all those Hindus, he raised his hands and he just began to worship Jesus. Before he asked God to do anything, before he made a request known unto the Lord, he gave God what God has always wanted, and that is to be praised and worshipped. And as he began to worship, the Holy Spirit began to move, and he began to sing a song unto the Lord. And out the corner of his eyes, in singing that song, he looked down, and he saw that daughter, that lifeless body, all of a sudden, her hands twitched. And her feet twitched and her shoulders twitched and her eyes began to blink. And before the worship was over, before the song was over, that little girl had set up. God had given her life back and she began to talk to her family. Oh, that's faith. When you let it spread like that, in the midst of doubting pagans, in the midst of an early morning setting, hadn't even finished the coffee yet, God can do the miraculous. And I tell you this, God doesn't need a whole lot to get a lot of things done. Oh, no. You don't have to have big music, although that's nice and God likes it. You don't have to have big bottles of oil. You don't have to have fasted big and long. But Jesus said, if your faith is like small mustard seed, if your faith is like a child at awkward moments and unusual times, you could even be on an airplane. You could be at a bus stop and see the miraculous moving of the Holy Ghost because that's how faith works. Mm. Several years ago, Brother and Sister White had a ministry. They were bringing people from a uh, special facility and bringing people here. And we had a lady come and her name was Sister Charlotte. And she has moved away now, but she's doing very well. But during her time here, one Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Bible study night, just simple Wednesday night. There was a few folks gathered around here at the altar. We were enjoying the presence of the Lord. 
wasn't passing the mantle. It wasn't a summer revival with Bobby Wade. None of that. It's just us. Just a midweek service. And right here, I asked her, would you like prayer? And she said, yes, I would. I said, what would you like God to do for you, Sister Charlotte? She said, I have botulism. I've had it for years. In the last six months, it has been unbearable. Can God heal me? I said, absolutely he can. And when I said he can, all of a sudden I looked at her and I began to see her faith arise. I could feel the faith coming out of her spirit. And I laid hands on her forehead and I cursed that botulism in Jesus' name. That very next morning, she called the church. She said, I just got out of my doctor's office. They don't know how to explain it. They don't know what happened. The botulism is gone. The pain is gone. The disorder is gone. And I give God glory and praise for healing my body. That is faith. Jesus said, when you get faith like this, that small faith, he said, you can be like Somebody just say into a big mulberry tree. Mulberry trees in Israel are huge. He said, you could just say to that mulberry tree, up, out of the ground, and be cast into the sea. You know, back then they did something very interesting with trees that us fishermen do today. All you fishing guys know this. Don't ever just throw your Christmas tree out. Take it down to the lake and drop it in the water and come next spring, that'll be a crappie bed and you'll catch lots of fish, Right? You throw your trees in the water and make a nest and a house for those fish. What are fish symbolic of in the Bible? Disciples. And Jesus is saying when your faith gets to a strong level, your faith can be an extension to other disciples. A way to gather the disciples together. Faith has its way of being very contagious. It has its way of when it just starts with a little small something, all of a sudden, boom, it just goes everywhere. You know, this past Sunday in the 9 a.m. service, it was a great service. We preached the word. People came forward to pray. But it wasn't anything, you know, bombastic, anything explosive. It was just us praying and enjoying the presence of God. As I passed by some and prayed for others, I came to a sweet lady in this church And I just prayed over her that God would just keep his hand on her. And I noticed when I prayed for her, the look of astonishment came on her face. She told me after service, she said, while you were praying for me, right next to you while you were praying for me, there appeared a large pillar of light. She said, an angel of the Lord manifested right there as you were praying for me. I didn't see it. I didn't know it was there. I've seen angels before, but I did not see them right there in that moment, but she did. And I said, I don't know what's going on in your life, but you do. And the Lord has sent his angel to watch over you and guide you and protect you for a season. I got a phone call later this week from that sister, her family. This lady in our church was not in a car accident, but she was hit by a car. It could have been a fatality. It could have been an awful awful accident, but I got the report, not one bone broken, not one bone broken. She's still resting, but supernaturally the hand of the Lord, amen, stayed upon her in that situation. That's childlike faith. Faith attracts angels. Faith attracts the Holy Ghost. Faith Attracts the Spirit of God. 
And you know what? There's no telling what can happen to us in this world. A car wreck can happen to any of us. An explosion can happen to any of us. And I know there's some of you that can testify if it had not been for the hand of the Lord and the accompaniment of angels, amen, camping around about you, you would not even be sitting here in the house of the Lord this day. But my God, amen, is the giver of life. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. That's why we've got to have faith in him. Can you say praise the Lord? I got another report. One of our hyphen ladies in our church this past Wednesday night. Now, can I tell you this? On Wednesday night, I love walking out into our Narthex area and see about 40 teenagers coming out. You know, we're already done. We've already prayed. And when they come out there and they're still coming down, amen, with tears in their eyes, having been in the presence of God even longer than us adults. Can I tell you what? I just love seeing that. And God is doing great things in our youth group on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Amen. I talked to one of our hyphen girls. And I said, uh, how you doing? How's your week? She said, well, it's been really interesting. I said, really, what happened? She said, I was driving my car and a maniac driver came out of nowhere. I don't know what it is around here in Kansas City. We have certain times of the years when people forget how to drive. <laughs> None of us, though, right? You know, we, we, yeah, we know what we're doing. And she said, she said, the way he was driving, I had to swerve to keep from getting in a car wreck. She said, I could have spun out. She said, I don't know how my car didn't go over end over end, but somehow I just went down into a ditch. She said, my tires are fine. My life is fine. There's just a little ding in the side of my door. She said, I should have probably been killed. My car should have probably been totaled, but God kept his hand upon me in that moment. Can I tell you, your faith in God, your service to God, your devotion with God can even move and guide your car in situations. That's really how you know your faith is doing something. When you pray and things begin to move, when things that shouldn't be there all of a sudden appear in another place, it's just like speaking to a tree. I want you not here, but I want you over here. That's how you know your faith is being increased. When there's sickness there and you say, I don't want you there anymore. I want you way over there. And that sickness leaves. Amen. When the devil's attacking your life and you say, Satan, I know you're here, but you don't belong here anymore. You belong over there, not here. That's faith that moves trees, that moves mountains, that moves sicknesses, that moves cars, that moves all kinds of things. That's how faith is increased. Let me hear you shout, move, move. Praise God. Musicians would please come. Amen. I love getting together with my family and hearing stories about Pentecost in the old days from my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my great-aunts and uncles. There's a story in our family, my great-grandmother, Sister Flo Gleason. In the 1920s, she was in her house and she was cooking dinner, preparing a meal for the family. And all her children, including my grandpa, Wendell Gleason, were out in the yard playing, just grade school children. And she said while she was cooking, all of a sudden she heard a loud smack and a loud scream. And she opened up her kitchen curtains and looked out. And there her son, my great uncle, Stanley, who my dad is named after. Stanley was playing up into a high tree and had fallen 40, 30 feet down on his arm. And she says, the story says she looked at his arm and it was broken and completely at a 90 degree angle. 
1920s, during the Great Depression era, there's no ambulances there at that time. There's no ERs. There's no emergency rooms. You know, doctors still walked around with a big black bag and had the snake oil and all that stuff, you know. You know what she had at that moment? No doubt. No fear. No panic. She took up the dish rag, dried off her hands, set it down, walked out of the house, and walked up to Uncle Stan, who was laying there in excruciating pain and screaming. She ignored the screams. She ignored the pain. She ignored what it looked like. And she grabbed his wrist, grabbed his upper arm, and she said, in the name of Jesus Christ, bones set and be healed. And she pulled it and went, and in miraculously, that arm was no longer broken, but it was completely set and fine. And it was just a few minutes later, he was playing all in the yard. Supernatural. Supernatural. When you have faith, things can happen. I'm telling you what, I feel it. Some of us need an increase in faith around here. Some of us in here have been saying it can't happen. Some of us have been saying it's not going to happen. Some of us have been saying, I quit. I give up. But the Holy Ghost and the angels and the believing saints are saying, no, it's going to happen. It can happen. If you'll have faith and believe it, it will happen. Oh. I know how paralyzing fear is. I know how discouraging doubt is. I know how low you can feel when things are uncertain. Our first child, my wife was expecting our first child. We were eight months along and we went to the doctor. You know, every baby is a prayer baby. And I suffer my own subconscious stress during the times when my wife is expecting. And I've got it right now, to tell you the truth. But during that, so you parents, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. Every baby's a prayer baby. Amen. Let me tell you, the first child, Melina, eight months in, the doctor examined my wife, checked up on the baby. She came back and she said, I don't have good news for you. She said, your baby is in a bad position right now. Your child is breached. And there's other complications that I'm very concerned that are going on right now. And we'll wait and see, we'll try, you know, all this. I mean, no hope, no encouragement. I don't know if doctors are necessarily supposed to do that. It's supposed to give you facts and, and, you know, charge you a couple thousand bucks and have a nice day, you know. You know, we love doctors. Doctors have been good to me. But no hope. It was, there's a problem. You have a problem. And I remember we kept it together in that doctor's office. We walked out in the car. All of a sudden, we both burst into tears, my wife and I. I was terrified at what could happen. So worried about the situation. Started the car and we drove off. And for about five minutes, all we did was just soak in the bad news and just cry. But all of a sudden, something began to move and stir in me in that car. And I began to believe again. You know what happened? I started thinking about miracles that I'd seen happen in this church. I started thinking about past things that God had accomplished. I started thinking about things I'd seen in the old days and I thought, if God could do it then, he's going to do it again. And I grabbed my wife's hand while I was driving. And I said, by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, 
I command this child to turn and I command these complications to cease now in the name of Jesus. I felt pure faith enter that car. And not only that, God is my witness and my wife is, that, is a witness. As we were driving the car, all of a sudden, a strong, fierce wind blew through that car. And when that happened, my wife said, oh my goodness, the baby just moved. Oh my goodness, the baby is moving. Oh my goodness, the baby moved. Wow. We went back to the doctor. The doctor had to take a double look and she said, I don't know how it happened. That baby went head down. You're going to have a healthy delivery. It's a miracle. It's supernatural. Can I tell you, faith will move mountains. It'll move babies. It'll move anything. Oh, let's all stand together right now and clap our hands unto our God who does miracles, who does the supernatural, who performs the miraculous. Last Wednesday night, we had a man get baptized. Brother Gary Morgan's brother Nathan Harvey had a man get baptized. And I saw when they pulled the man up out of the water, I looked, I could see the look of redemption come upon him. I could see the look of forgiveness come upon his countenance. And he just sat there and enjoyed it and thanked God for it. And it was just a blessing for all of us to see that happen on a Wednesday night. But I watched as this man, it looked like he was ready to get out of the tank and go home. And I saw Brother Gary, Brother Nathan, it was like they said, no, let's pray a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. And we just remained patient and waited on the Lord. It went about three or four minutes after that, that man started talking in tongues as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance and filled him with the Holy Ghost. When you have faith, you don't move, you start moving other things. When you have faith like mustard seed, I mean, it just spreads, it just grows, it just goes far out. And I feel faith in the house this morning. I feel like God wants to do a miracle for you today. I feel like God wants to do the supernatural for you. If you're hungry for faith to be increased, I invite you right now to step out of your seat and come down and say, Lord, I'll serve you no matter what. I'll have faith like a child again. I'll have faith like seed again. That's all it takes to move the mountains. That's all it takes to move the tree. Come on, bring your situation right now. Bring your faith with it. Amen. And speak against it. Speak to it. Call things that are not as though they were. Come on, you've got to open your mouth and pray to the Lord right now. Amen. This is a spirit-filled church and miracles are going to happen. Great things are going to happen here today. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord's going to give somebody a miracle. You're going to come back with a testimony. Hallelujah. Amen. The hand of the Lord is on us. The hand of the Lord is upon this people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you got to have faith. If you think you don't have it, amen, you got to get it quick. Amen, God won't move. He won't respond unless there's faith. It's going to take faith, 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 faith. Hallelujah. Come on. Where's the faith you had before the pandemic? It's coming back. Where's the faith, amen, that you had before the lockdown? It's coming back. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody get a hold of the Lord. Don't look around with your hands folded. Get a hold of God right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to stop doubting. 
It's time to quit being critical and cynical and believe God for anything. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, TLC, it's a little too quiet right now. I need need some louder prayer right now. That's right. If you're afraid to lift your voice, that's doubt. True faith has no problem with getting loud. It don't care about what anybody says. It don't care about what anybody hears. It just doesn't care. It's you and Jesus right now. It's you and Jesus right now. Put your faith first. Lunch will come later. Your afternoon plans will come later. It's time to get a hold of God. It's altar call time around here at TLC. Hallelujah. Oh, bye, bye, bye.